Thank you, Father. We need you now. We need you now. Thank you, Jesus. Not a second, nor a minute. Not an hour, nor another day. But at this moment, with my arms outstretched, Lord, I need you to make a way as you've done so many times before. Through a window and open door, Lord, I stretch my hands to thee. Come rescue me. I need you right away. to say one word, and that is yes. We've been doing our way for a long time, but he wants to know, will you say yes today? Yes to his will and yes to his way. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
Dearly Father, we lift you up, magnify, exalt you, just thank and praise you for uh, just your presence in this place, Lord. We ask that you desire, we, we desire your presence be upon us, Lord. We decrease that you may increase, Lord, as we uh, offer this word and this message to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, uh, welcome to uh, today's broadcast. 
Uh, we're going to get into a message, heart seeds. We'll, we'll jump right into the message. Um, we, uh, you know, we made a slight adjustment last week. Uh, it was Resurrection Sunday. We talked about Jesus as God's heart seed. But we want to pick up where we left off before in terms of sowing our heart seeds. And we gave you uh, Psalm 126. We don't have to go there right now, but just Psalm 126, how when when the Lord turned again their captivity, it said that they, uh, they came forth sowing precious seeds, but they returned rejoicing. Like they gave precious seeds. So when they gave their, their time, they gave it as a precious seed. It means it cost them something. You know, when they gave their talents or their gifts, uh, they gave it as precious seed. It means it cost them something. Uh, when they gave their, from their treasure, it cost them something. And so, but, but it, it said they, they <laughs> it said they came forth with precious seed and they were weeping, you know, because it was costing them something. It says, but they returned rejoicing. All right, so that was our foundational scripture. We're going to get into uh, uh, something just a little different today. Let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Again, we're talking about heart seeds. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. This is uh, some of the stuff I, I referenced the scripture Minister Lamar shared at uh, Guy Talk yesterday. I know Ed was doing a Guy Talk, but we had a good time just talking about God as our Father on our uh, Saturday uh, Guy Talk call. I thought it was powerful, but it was, uh, see that young man has been spending some time studying it was right in line with the message. Took a page out of my book from back in the day. All right, so uh, 2 Chronicles 16.9. 2 Chronicles 16.9. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole, whole earth. It says, To show himself strong. So he's, he's, he's traveling to see who he can show himself strong. Show himself strong in behalf of them, look, whose heart is perfect towards him. Herein uh, thou hast done foolishly, therefore, uh, henceforth thou shalt have wars. I said, look, it says God's going to and fro to show himself strong, but whose hearts are perfect towards him. So I get it. I get it. We live in this in this society, and, and I, I still have the message. We haven't gotten to it yet. Can, uh, uh, can we be perfect? But, but you know, uh, nobody's perfect, this, that, and the other. Well, this says God's looking for perfect hearts. And so I, I understand there's a, uh, there's a root word in perfection, which is uh, completely mature, um, complete in general, but hearts perfect toward. So sometimes our behavior may not be, but is our heart perfect towards him? And so, so again, God is, he's looking for hearts that are perfect towards him. So let's, let's, so he's looking for a certain type of heart. Let's go to Matthew 5. And maybe we can find out today what is that perfect heart towards God looks. Because you want God to show himself strong in your life, don't you? Well, I do. I know I want God to show himself strong in my life. All right, so uh, Matthew 5, and we'll drop here at verse, verse 8. Love Matthew 5, Beatitudes, the attitudes and how you should be, <laughs> right? But verse 8, it says, uh, look, look, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So for me, it makes a lot of sense um, when it says God is searching for a heart that's perfect towards him. I think he's searching for a pure heart that can see him and what he desires. So you see, if your heart is pure, you can see him and what he desires. We talked about this in Mass Life class earlier about in the discipleship personality, how it was about us exchanging our will for God's will. 
You know, so God's not trying to break your spirit, but he's trying to break that will because the will can get in the way. If you're willing and obedient, you can eat the good of the land, Isaiah uh, 1, uh, 19. And so, so I think God, you know, he's searching for hearts are perfect towards him. But for me, it just makes a lot of sense. I, I think God shows us how he operates to the best of our ability because, of course, we're not at his level. But through our exchanges in our life, our relationships in our lives. And, and, and you know, I think as a parent, when my, hun, my, when, when my sons, I said my hun, I could say my honey too. Uh, but when, when everybody's hearts are towards each other, I pray that we know each other by the heart every day. Learned that from a young man growing up in a marriage retreat some years ago. And I've been praying it ever since. I pray for our entire church and for quite a few people watching, you know, uh, you know that, that we know each other by the heart. You know what I'm saying? So, so but when, you, when a person's heart is perfect towards you, you flow with them better. Even as a leader, when a person's heart is perfect towards you. So I know as a disciple and as I was growing, I, you know, I tried to press. I wanted to harmonize with the heart of my leader. I studied messages. I, you know, uh, video, tape, you know, because I wanted to make sure I was in step. And a lot of times when I was asked to share, I already was on that page because I, my, my, it, was, it was never about me. It's not about me in my life in general, you know. I, I try to live to esteem others better than myself and look, look on another man's before myself. But with that in mind, I think God wants us to be, to, to get ourselves out the way and lock in on his will. I put you here for a particular design. I fearfully and wonderfully made you. And I have a, a, a plan for our lives. And if we look at our lives, every time we calibrate our, our hearts back to God, momentum starts to happen. Every, every time we get overconfident, we start to get in self, get back into manipulative behavior or into uh, clandestine behavior. Uh, we get back into self and trickery uh, and, and edginess and attitude. Things change again. It goes right back to the change. It goes, we go right back on that roller coaster ride. So I, so I can get it. I can see why God says, okay, well, it's about everybody's heart being towards me. So if I so my, show myself strong to those whose heart is perfect towards me, that's going to create a momentum for those that are watching, those that know this person's heart is perfect towards God. Okay? So I think that's, that's big, and that's why God is looking for that. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 9 and we can see how we can attach this perfect heart or this pure heart and how God wants to, us to use this heart to operate in the principles that he gave us way back in Genesis. Remember, he wanted the, God's goal was for us to have dominion, be fruitful, produce, multiply what we produce, and replenish. So, you know... God gave us everything we needed. He gave us everything we needed to take place, uh, to get what we needed done in the earth realm. We were talking about this also on Wednesday night in the uh, signs of the time that we we're talking about. We we're talking about how when God created the world, what, what was incorporated in that, in that time of creation was, I believe it's 118 elements in the periodic table. I think it's 118. You know, might not be exactly right. I'm close. Uh, but all of them? So that means, and when God said in Genesis 2, when I, he was finished with, with the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them, he, he, he incorporated everything that was in the earth realm for us to have dominion, for us to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish. Right? That was, that was the goal. Remember, he said, keep the garden. So that the garden is where the harvest is produced. Is where we produce. So everything we produce, whether it's in our entertainment fields, whether it's in uh, athletic fields, uh, literary fields, ministry fields, whatever we produce within the, the, the garden of God's kingdom, we were supposed to protect that stuff, guard it, you know. The scripture tells us, and a part of that, even with our heart, it says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Protect that heart because the heart is what we're going to use to produce some things, right? And so, so uh, man, I'm being pulled over to Matthew 12, but 
All right, so let's go to Matthew 12, and then we'll come back to 2 Corinthians 9. That was the delay. I got it. Matthew 12. Got to listen to the audibles, right? Right, right? All right, so let's, Matthew 12, we're going to start here, verse 33. Matthew 12, 33. And then we're going back to 2 Corinthians 9. Matthew 12, 33. All right, so it reads this. It says, either make the tree good and his fruit good, Right? If the tree is good, the fruit will be good, or else make the tree corrupt and the fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by its fruit, what it produces. So, you know, we know Psalm 1, we shall be like trees planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in our season, right? And what's what we do, we'll prosper, right? Uh, Psalm 1, but it talks us to walk not in the county of the godly. Walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of the sinner, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but our delight shall be in the law of the Lord, and in this law shall we meditate day and night. Then we shall be like those trees planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in our season. Right? Producing in our right season. So the, the scripture likens us to trees. And it, like, and it says we should be trees planted by the rivers of water, planted where we can pull the resources to produce the fruit that God has designed for our life. So our rivers of water, our rivers of life, our source is God. You know, we, you know we've gone through this before. You take a fish out of water, after a while it's going to die. You take a tree out of the ground, after a while it's going to die. Take man out of God. Wages of sin, separation from God is what? Death, right? We know that in Romans uh, 6.23. And so, so when, I, when we think through this and we're like trees and we're supposed to produce some things and God's telling us to protect our heart and because he wants to use that heart to have dominion and the way we have dominion is through being fruitful, producing, multiplying, replenish, that's Genesis 1. And then now let's tie that into Matthew 12 here. It says, either make the, well, we already said that. Uh, let's go to verse 34. It says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth good things. An evil man, out of the evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak shit. Uh, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. So here he's saying out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak, guard your heart with all diligence, Proverbs 4.23, right? And he's telling us we're trying to produce good fruit, but if, if, our, if, if, if our tree and the roots of our tree is evil and corrupt, that's what we're going to produce, not what we say. Not how we looked, but based on what's really in our heart. So you can have, you, you can have witty ideas. You can have good, uh, uh, you can be a solid uh, intellectual thinker. You can be a skilled athlete. But if your heart, if your software is corrupt, it's going to affect the finished product. Overall, eventually it's going to cave in because what's, what's underneath Remember the scripture says in 1 Peter, it says, it's not the adorning of the outward man that's valuable. You know, it says the plating of hair and all that stuff. It, it didn't say don't do those things. It says that is not as valuable as the hidden man of the heart. Right? All of our efforts should be the hidden man of the heart because the heart is going to make sure the outward appearance is fine. You ever see, uh, what we used to call this when, when I worked in uh, corrections, uh, we used to call a, a dressed up zombie. We used to call it dressed up zombie. So, so we used to say, like, you know, you have people out there wilding out, living a dark life, but, but they had the latest fashions. And I don't know why, you know, you, you see this person so dark and, 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 and sometimes even looking crazy. And they got an all-white suit on with a white kango, you know what I'm saying? And, but, and they don't realize, like, it doesn't, uh, what is it, they, they uh, what do you call it? They depreciated the value of the attire 
by the package that was within it. You see what I'm saying? Or, or, or the contents that was within the package. But you have somebody have that same white suit and Kango on, but because of the brilliance that's on the inside of them, it illuminates the accessory. See, accessories enhance. They don't make you who you are. And so, so what God is saying, if you take care of the heart, all the, everything that's outside of your life, not just what you wear, not just what you clothes or what you have, uh, everything you produce will be brilliant, basically. You know, we're having a, uh, an illumination, will be attractive. You know, sometimes we, we have, uh, we know it's a great idea, or we have a great skill set and we're wondering why we're not attractive. We're not attractive because of the, the, the heart is corrupt. So people are, uh, something, uh, something ain't right, you know. Yeah, I know a young man, he had a, a wonderful opportunity, uh, job of a lifetime, dream job. And so never knew uh, 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 it was even possible. Called him up, brought him in, recruited him, had the person spend time, weeks in this environment. And, and, and they sent the person home. But the, the whole time the person's like, I got the training, I got the skills. There's another, yeah, yeah. But they didn't work on their heart. They didn't work on their heart. You know, that's how we see some of the, some people we call some of the greatest athletes. And we go, well, what happened to them? No one told them about their heart. Their families, their coaches invested every ounce of time on that outer man, the outer man. But nobody worked on that inner man and, and for this particular purpose the innermost man right the watchman knee there for you i slipped that in there you know spiritual man is the book watchman knee all right so uh so second corinthians 9 and we'll we'll go over here uh we'll start at verse 6 i'll give you time to get there second um, corinthians 9 verse 6 oh, you're gonna love this this is this uh this makes this make a lot of sense because a lot of times we're, we're giving again in our time, you know, it was like, like during this, uh, uh, this time when people have to stay at home, you spend more time at the house, <laughs> there's been some wars at the house, huh? It's misunderstanding because, because you ain't getting no relief. <laughs> yeah, look, look, what you could tolerate temporary, you can't tolerate long term, huh? Look at you. So, so it's really revealing, you know, where people's patience is and things of that nature. But, but, but I'll say this, you have an opportunity to show so heart seeds, right? In your time, in your attentiveness. And, you know, it's kind of every once in a while doing homework where the job is totally different than every day you got to do, right? And really taking the time to really invest. Uh, you know, every blue moon cooking is different than daily cooking. And so when you give your time and then you're gifting and your talent, like you, you to, to have to share, like you have to share and the person can actually enhance that idea, take them to another level. Are you willing to do that? And then, you know, your treasure, are you willing to give of, 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 of your resources as seed to reap a harvest from God? All right. So Second Corinthians 6, you gave you time to get there. It says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly giveth, uh, shall also reap sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Real simple scripture, right? It says, every man according, look, look, this is the key. According as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. Not uh, grudgingly or out of necessity, God loveth a cheerful giver obviously from the heart. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always, look, having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. That means you have everything you need because you operate this way. As it is written, he that is dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, those that are without, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministers ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown, look, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. 
And so, so, so that last part says, when God gives you uh, resources, when he gives you the time, he's afforded you the time, he's given you the talents or the gifts, and he's given you the, the treasures, he's, God gave it to you. And God is saying, but I'm ministering that to you. I'm serving that. The word minister is service. I'm serving that to you, both bread for your food. That means mostly everything I'm giving to you is to benefit you. So, so you ain't tripping if, you know, you have resources, you got you a nice pair of shoes or whatever, whatever you're doing. Or with your time, you took some time to have vacation or, or even with your talents, you're using it to enjoy. Nothing wrong with that. But he says, minister bread for your food, right? And multiply your seed sown. Right? Doesn't it say that? It says, minister, see to sow both bread for your food and multiply your seed sown. And increase the food to your ground. So, so, just, so let's use an apple. So you have an apple. Most of the apple is for, for who? Us. To eat. God is just saying, don't eat the seeds. Because I need you to what? Replenish. I need you to multiply. Right? I don't want you just to have an apple. I want you to have an apple tree. I don't want you just to have an apple tree. I want you to have orchards. He just said, don't eat the seeds. They use that for cyanide anyway. He says, just, just eat what's for you. Use what I've given to keep it going forward. Right? And that's where everything God has afforded us. But, but I want to dial us back to, uh, to uh, seven. I believe it's seven. Or is it eight? Uh, verse seven, it says, Every man according as it purposeth in his heart. Like for me, it's, 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 it's a... When you, when you purpose from your heart... Is, pur- is purpose pushing effort or intent? Purpose pushing effort or intent when you're, when you're sowing heart seeds. Purpose pushing effort or intent. That, that's a whole nother uh, intentionality or passion behind when you're doing something. Purpose pushing effort or intent. I was watching a, a movie uh, this week you know, on ESPN, uh, Glory Road. I've seen it before. Uh, uh, it's just, you know, story. Uh, it's an all-black team, which they, in, they were all-black starters, which they didn't have back then. You know, they had a, I think the rule was you could play two blacks for away games and one for home games. That, that was the rule back then. And so, so th- this guy decided to, well, the majority of his team, he started like, I think, three, started out with three guys. And then, you know, he, just, he was just rolling. But for the, for the national championship game, he told his players ahead of the game, he says, I'm only playing uh, the black guys because we need to do this for them. And, you know, but what stood out for me in the movie, he had a, a point guard. The point guard was uh, talented, super talented. But everybody was working hard. But the point guard would, you know, go out to parties, hang out. Um, you know, and he was just walking like with his swag, like I'm all that. So, so they have a, did they have a game? No, they didn't have a game. The guy was hanging out with his girlfriend on the roof. The coach caught him and took him to the bleachers, had him running, just had him running. Just running until he dropped. So he said, coach, I can't go no more. He says, what do you mean you can't go no more? You got plenty of extra time. See, again, time. You was using your time to hang out, this, that, and the other. So that means you had time to spare. So I figured I'd give you more productive work to do with your time. And he's like, man, why am I doing this? Ah! He said, why? It ain't worth nothing. We ain't going nowhere. It's not going to lead to anything. Now, he was making that decision based on what he's experienced, based on his intellect, and based on what he's been told. You know, we talked about it in a master life class earlier, you know, uh, three, uh, there's four sources of authority, your, your experience, your intellect, and tradition, but the true source is the word of God. And so this guy's like, why, why put forth the heart seed if I'm not going to get a heart harvest? And so the guy broke it down. He said, let me, he said, let me tell you something. You know, you know in, in movies and in real life, the, the older person always got a story. Like, they don't even come in with, 
Let me tell you, uh, back then, my dad, we had a tractor, you know, like this. So he, he said, let me tell you a story. Man, I think he says dad might have had a tractor. But, but he said, he was telling the story and he was like, he said, you know, my dad worked hard and, you know, gave me an opportunity to play basketball. He said, I never was as talented as any of the players. I just work harder. I achieve things because I work harder. He says, I'm not the best coach out here in college. I just work harder. He said, the thing, he said, the thing that vexes me is when there's someone that has talent, more talent than me, but they ain't working. He said, you got more talent than any guard I've seen, but you ain't working. He said, you're not putting your heart in it. He said, you ain't giving your heart. He says, if you give your heart, I guarantee you, you'll see things you never thought possible. Now, they, now they, go down, they went out of history. This guy's in the Hall of Fame. They all in the Hall because uh, they broke history. They did something that had never been done in history. And they won this national championship. But everything started to turn around when he gave his heart. You looking for a turnaround? I think the turnaround is looking for you. Oh, looking for your heart. <laughs> I think the turnaround is looking for your heart. Right, so, <laughs> I, I, you know, the Lord told me this. I might have shared this the other a couple of weeks ago. But God and everything and everyone designed to assist us. So, so remember, God set the members in the body as it pleases him. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. Right? God fearfully and wonderfully made us. Right? Uh, Psalms 139, 14. So that means he's already put in the earth realm with those 118 elements, he put in 118 different uh, uh, remnants of people in your life, different elements to your greatness, to your success, to your fulfillment, strategically, fearfully and wonderfully made and placed in this life for you. He says he's customized them and, just, and, and, and strategized them. He's, he's, he's put in um, environments. He set up different plans and triggers and systems. But I guarantee you, God and everything and everyone he designed to assist us, they're saying the same thing. I want to live with your heart. They're looking for your heart. They're looking to connect to your heart. You got busloads of People, resources, showing up at a particular location. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Listen, I'm right here. It's right here. According to the specs, this is where we're supposed to be. Don't see him. Are you sure? Anderson. Uh, listen, man. I don't know what's on your radar, but I don't see no Anderson here. We're going to wait a little while longer. We're getting back on the bus. What are they looking for? They're looking for Anderson's heart. Not the intellect, not the head, not the flavor, not the style, not the bravado, not the attitude, not the toughness. Looking for the heart. And, 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 and a lot of times it's, it's cloaked, it's layered in all this other craziness, in the pride, in the selfishness, in the lust. It's caught up in the egos. Right? But, but looking for your heart. I, I, and, and see, the scripture says this. It says, man's heart has been evil from his youth. And so I was studying that out. Because we're born in sin and shaping iniquity, man's heart has been selfish and self-centered from his youth. That's why we have to be born again. That's why we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Because if we stay immature, we'll stay selfish, self-centered. You know, when does anyone start to, man, when is my turn? Self. <laughs> man. Oh, so really? Really? You going to play me like that? Really? It's like that? Selfish. See, I've been watching this, man. I've been watching it play out like. Even with all this stuff going on, like, 
if our heart is locked in, he'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on them. If, if our heart is perfect towards God, stuff happens to, to, to trouble our heart. Let not your heart be troubled, John 14, verse 1, right? To trouble our heart, to, 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 to uh, corrupt it, to throw it off from being perfect towards God. See, if our heart is troubled or it's double-minded or we're in fear, you, you can't, we can't be in fear of what, what man or the devil can do and be in faith towards what God told, tells us he's going to do. You see what I'm saying? So if, 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 if it gets our hearts troubled, then our heart is still, it's not, it's not locked in perfect towards God like it's supposed to be, right? So when things happen, we're tempted to what? When we're troubled or we're in fear, that's when we manipulate. Tell me I'm lying. You can tell me I'm lying, but you know I'm not. That's when we uh, hustle. That's when we get selfish. Hey, that's when we get offended. That's when we strive. Because we think if I, look, look, I, I, in the early, this is the early years. This is the early years I've been married 20 Seven going on 28 years. In the early years, you know, you, you know, it's two people merging to become one. The Bible says two shall become one flesh. We don't, we didn't start out one flesh. <laughs> we just come in one flesh. You know, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're finishing the others, finishing each other's sentences now, but we didn't start out that way. We start out trying to, you know, I, I try to make little Keith and she's trying to make little Melanie. And so, so we're trying to, trying to, to flow a certain way. And I'm going to tell you, the only time I cause arguments is when I got fearful that if I don't say something, you know, this is going to mess up or I'm going to be taken advantage of. Soon as self got triggered, I'll be like, I, I tell you what, I tell you what. Yeah, we're going to talk about this today. And, and I remember I used to go out and shoot and run. And, and, and I wouldn't be out there going, and she needs to. I'd be like, I blew it again, didn't I? <laughs> then that probably wasn't the time for the whole, I'm taking a stand, huh? I think that happens in our lives. We're rolling right along. God has us right in line. We like Joseph. We got a Joseph testimony being set up in 2020. The difference is, we, 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 ah, this ain't no Joseph situation, man. Listen, that was Joseph. I'm telling you what, right now, you ain't going to play me like that. And we leave out of God's heart, outside of the narrow way, outside of our momentum that God was setting up for us to save face, to, to uh, protect our, uh, our, our pride, because we don't want to look like, you know, we ain't paid, or we don't have a house, or we don't have a job. Like, we can't boast. We ain't pulling out our card. Yeah, 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 yeah. I work for uh, Bradley and Bradley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm partner, chief executive. Or like I say, say, we can't do that. And, but the whole time, look how long Joseph was able to do that. Listen, you talking about only in his dad's house he was of value. This dude was a slave. What type of business card he pulling out as a slave? Even the top slave. <laughs> you know, you, you, you the top slave. The, the, there's people in the kingdom that, that's just riding around, got more clout than you. You know, you just the top slave. <laughs> like, you know, amongst your other slaves, you sweep. Then you get locked up. You the top guy in prison. You ain't whipping your card out. Yeah, I'm the. I, yeah, I'm pretty much the foreman around here, in the prison. Look at all these years that go by. Look, listen. He couldn't boast. Uh, yeah, I went to such and such university. I'm waiting for them to recruit me. Um, you know, because after I've got my uh, uh, doctorate and such and such and my PhD, he couldn't do none of that. While other people was getting all that. Rising up in the kingdom, I'm talking about you had kings, you had, uh, uh, you got all types of different uh, people growing up. This dude's locked up. But when God manifested or allowed a famine during a famine season, that dude rose to the top. Like he skipped levels. He was the second in charge in the world. 
But suppose he would have tried to save faith. Listen, all this me being up here in prison, I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't having this. We'd have never heard of Joseph. And right now, if we keep this mess up, this manipulation and hustling and not giving our heart, our heart seeds, people ain't going to never hear of us. God will never be able to use us on the platform he desires. I just thought you would think about that for a second. All right, let's go to, you know, so, so man's heart's been evil for a long time. Let's, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I want to read 2 Corinthians 9 in the Amplified. It says, now remember this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows generously, that blessings may come to others. That's what sowing generously is. Will also reap generously and be blessed. He said, let each one give, look, 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 thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. God delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always under all circumstances regardless of need have complete sufficiency in everything being completely self-sufficient in him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity see see so that's why we must have to be diligent and consistent in taking care of our heart because a lot of what we are looking for and for a harvest has been a result of how we have not kept our heart. So, so I get it, man. I get, a, I get the whole, uh, this world of right and wrong. Because yeah, that's, you know, is that right? Is that wrong? And then what people will do is they'll, they'll, they'll justify rights and wrongs based on the, the world's established do's and don'ts. Everything the world's established do's and don'ts ain't necessarily how God operates, but that's how people do. You know, they try to bring God down uh, the heavenly down to an earthly perspective. So, they were, so is that wrong? So, so you know, the, the whole drug thing. People will play drugs off of, well, am I killing anybody? I, so that's almost like using a basketball to play football. Like, like, come on, y'all. Like, so, so, so when you're talking to me, I, 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 I'm going to be patient enough to talk to you after a while. I'm like, stop. To stop, like, you know, because that's that, see, that's that fear of manipulation. I got to justify what I'm doing, so I'm going to create another category, and, and, and I'm going to merge this into that category, go, hey, 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 I ain't killing nobody. Are we talking about murder right now? Hey, but if we, if we stay locked in on what we're talking about, the heart, how is it affecting your heart? Like that, that, I'll give you a minute. Let's think about that for a second. Go ahead. That was, that was sarcastic. I apologize. <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so now if we, if we parallel things to protecting our heart, would we be exposing ourselves to some things we're exposing ourselves to? Is it keeping our heart pure? Is it, is it keeping our heart perfect towards God? Or is it corrupting our heart? Now, you don't have to, hey, hey, you don't have to ask me. Ask the people close to you. They'll tell you. If you listen, they'll tell you. All right, so now that changes our perspective on what we're going to use for our heart. Now, the scripture says in Psalm 90, let's go to Psalm 90 real quick. I was going to quote it, but let's just go there. We'll look at this uh, a little different. Some of y'all have read this, I know, quite a bit. So Psalm 90, verse 12. Psalm 90, 90, verse 12. It says, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Now, now remember when I said like, uh, well, I used the example of the glory road where the guy was playing and he didn't apply his heart because he felt, why? There's nothing to look forward to. And so the scripture, the scripture here says, teach us to number our days because once we start to be aware of of each day, each moment of our life, Scripture says to maximize our moments or, or walk circumspectly, redeem the time, Ephesians 5, 15, and 16. But 
When we're not, see, see in, in some of our lives, days are just going by. They're not supposed to go by. They're, they're supposed to be attached to steps towards fulfillment or harvest. And he says, teach us to number our days so we can apply our heart to wisdom. So we got to pull on wisdom. See, see every time you, you, you embrace your day, sometimes we ignore the day. Man, I just don't want to deal with this. Hey, I, listen, listen. These are days. Man, I just don't want to deal with this right now. You know, you know, I just, you know, just right now, I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. If not now, when? See, the thing is, when, I, just trust me, I got it back. <laughs> I, I keep messing stuff up when I go back there. All right, so um, if, 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 uh, if we're attentive to the day, sometimes it's a wonderful thing, sometimes it's frustrating because it may be something that we haven't had a solution for or an answer for. It may be something that uh, reminds us of something that, that a mistake we made or things we need to change. But guess what it, what's the benefit of it? It places a demand on wisdom. It pl- see, see, it triggers something in our heart. It may even trouble our heart. It may feel, our heart may have a void in that moment. But, but what we do is, it's, it's almost like a check engine light. Blink, blink. It's saying, check the engine. <laughs> our heart is saying, hey, we need some wisdom for this so we can get back to peace. Right? So we remember Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Peace I leave with you. <laughs> and that peace is packaged in wisdom. When you have wisdom solutions, oh, I didn't look at it that way. But see, when we embrace each day and we give our heart to the day, even though it doesn't look like it's going to be favorable, even though it looks like it's going to be challenging, it places the man on new wisdom which prepares us for what's coming, right? So I just, just, just keep, keep that in mind. Um, First Chronicles 28. Mr. Lamar referenced this scripture uh, yesterday uh, for guide talk. We're talking about the fathers. Um, I know... Um, Give me a second. I, I like to attach names to the things that I communicate. Uh, Montgomery. Montgomery? Right? Okay, yeah. James. Uh, <laughs> uh, James. Sorry about that, James. Uh, James had mentioned that, you know, so, so God was working in the last days to turn the hearts of their fathers, which we'll talk about here in a second. And back to the children, the children's hearts back to their fathers, right? And uh, Mrs. Lamar, uh, similarly, First uh, First Chronicles twenty-eight nine. First Chronicles twenty-eight nine. And this is David, you know, talking to his son. You know, a lot of the proverbs is some of the things that David instructed in this conversation, but this is the. Of the crystallized version of the conversation. It says, And thou, Solomon, my son, know, know thou the God of thy father. So, so, so know the same God I know. Serve him, look, look, with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understandeth all imaginations of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. So he's telling his son, keep your heart towards me, right? As long as he served with his heart, he was wise and prospered. You study out Solomon. He started to lose his momentum when he allowed his heart to be turned through compromise. As long as our heart is perfect towards God, we have momentum in our life, man, it's Phenomenal the things that happen in our life that we couldn't even fathom. When we allow our heart to be turned, now it goes back again. When you compromise, the adversary, as long as you focus on, am I killing somebody or not? Adversary is cool because the person is not focused on what I'm doing to their heart. 
See, 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 as long as we focus on, uh, well, you know, uh, hey, people die from, 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 from all types of stuff. Abstain's cool with that. And we all going to die. As long as you, that person's not focused on their heart. Because he knows if they, they, they protect their heart, then they're going to create momentum. And that momentum is going to create momentum from other people. They're going to have dominion. I don't need them having dominion. They're going to be fruitful, constantly producing stuff. They're going to multiply what they produce. They're going to keep replenishing more of themselves. I don't need that. Hey, long as they're okay with, hey, I'm, I, I just do it in my own house. I ain't hurt nobody. Uh, you ain't helping nobody. And the thing is, you are hurting people because people are supposed to... See, we're supposed to keep the thing rolling. So we're benefiting from somebody's fruit. That's what we're benefiting from. The Bible says freely we've received, we're supposed to freely give. We're supposed to be like rivers flowing, not a dead sea, not just consuming and chilling at the house. We're supposed to be receiving, producing for other people to partake of. Trees produce fruit. What happens with that fruit? Other people partake of it. We talk about that all the time here at the church. Right? You don't see an apple tree eating his own apples. That's not the resource that, that's growing the apples. He's pulling from another resource, that water and, and the nutrients in the ground. Hey, those 118 elements. He's pulling from that and producing fruit for somebody else to be nourished. That's why Jesus cursed that fig tree. Like, ho, oh, oh, ho, dude, you're not just here to exist. You're here to produce. And, you're, and, you're, and your production is not just for the fruit to stay on the tree. It's for others to partake of and benefit from so now they can get nourishment and they can produce. That's why we got to sow heart seeds, man. Like the uh, second, second, second Corinthians said it, you know, on behalf of, so others could be blessed, so we can be blessed, and then others could be blessed, and then others could be blessed. Momentum. You can't, don't let nobody turn your heart. That's where you're, that's, that's the seeds you have to sow. That's what everything you, you believe in for is waiting for. Waiting on. Your breakthroughs. Your healings. It's all connected to your heart. Think about it, When people's hearts turn, in some cases, they've lost their mind. See, see, see. That heart ain't nothing to play with, right? They've lost their mind. I, I, I said it, right? Some people have lost their minds. Some people are so bitter, like, no one can come around them. They don't trust nothing or no one. That was the adversary's trick. To keep them, their hearts so jacked up that they isolate themselves. They become overprotective of, of, of their heart instead of a natural protection, all right? So I just wanted you to keep that in mind. So 1 Kings, because I like to give you chapter and verse. I know I said Solomon was rolling. I had to study this out because I was talking to a you know, a young, young gentleman and, you know, just talking about, you know, just people. See, again, the Bible has facts and truth. We talk about that here at the church. So a lot of times people are reading the facts and converting them into truth. No, the facts is just telling you why this truth that you read in the Bible is needed. But, it's, but everything, so, so. Everything that's happening doesn't mean you're supposed to do it because it's located in the Bible. You know, and, you know yeah, Solomon had all them wise, but you'll see what happened. Uh, first, first Kings th uh, 11. Did I tell y'all 11 already? So I'm sorry. First Kings 11. It's not that far from where we were at, so I'm going to start reading at verse 3. It says, and he had 700 wives, princesses. <laughs> I know some of these are 700. <laughs> uh, princesses and 300 concubines and his wives look turned away his heart for it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart from other gods now it emphasizes when Solomon was old so you understand that this ain't the Solomon that was walking in all the wisdom and stuff like that right you know what I'm saying so a lot of times Solomon's walking in wisdom he had 700 wives man stop merging it Let's look at it 
let's, let's, let's uh, count the days that like we just talked about in Psalm 90, right? It says, look, look, it said, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, right? And his heart was what? Not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. And Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and so on and so forth, right? Right? And then it says he started doing evil. His dad told him, keep your heart right with God, man. Keep your heart perfect towards God. And he let, in his case, this is extreme. It's written in the Bible for extremes. So, so he had more wisdom and, and wealth than any of us could ever imagine. So it took a lot of, like, Satan couldn't just give him a, like, a Delilah. Delilah wouldn't have been enough to turn him. <laughs> you know, he, he just flooded him. Like, the, put it this way, the scripture says, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, violence taken by force. The adversary emptied out violently to get Solomon's heart. This dude writing Proverbs, you know what I'm saying? He's producing fruit that's affecting our lives to this day. He needed his heart turned. Let me ask you something. How's he been turning your heart? Just, just hey, man, think about it, man. We got to step back, count the days, pay attention, right? See, as long as he served with his heart, he was wise and prospered. See, so the scripture says in Romans 1 that we have to retain God. You know, we have to retain God in our heart. You know, we can look at, I didn't give Marcus that song. I wanted to give Marcus that song. Um, I'll give it to you. I, I, I have it for you guys next week. By upper, is it upper room. Yeah, but I know it's, it's may your heart something, but but it says you can have my heart. I was just singing it all day. You know, <laughs> you can have my heart. You can have my. Heart. <laughs> can you have your heart? Can you? Have, my wife's a singer, so uh, let's go to uh, where well, I tell you Romans. Let's go to Romans one. We're gonna close out here. I think you got enough information to get you stirred up. To recalibrate that heart back to God, right? So that's why he had to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the hearts of the children back to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers back to the children. Because everybody got their heart turned. Everything got out of harmony. God's supposed to be pouring in our hearts. We're supposed to be pouring into our families. And our family's supposed to be pouring into this world. That's the way it's supposed to go, right? He's trying to, he's trying to flip you. <laughs> Was it counterintelligence? He's trying to flip you. All right, so uh, Romans 1, we'll start here, verse 20. Look, it says, and the invisible things of him, uh, and, and for the invisible things of him from creation, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that we are without excuse. So everything is right there in front of us, but if your heart has been flipped, you can't see it. Because remember, if you're pure in heart, you can see God. Matthew 5, 8, right? Verse 21. It says, but that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Look, and their foolish heart was darkened, flipped. Professing themselves uh, to be wise, they became fools. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made to corruptible man, and to birds and the four-footed beasts and creepy things. Wherefore God has gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worship and serve the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. See, they, they lost sight of God in their heart. That's why we have to keep ourselves harmonized with God. So, so, so again, we have to get, you know, start this whole heart seeds. We have to first make sure we're giving our heart to God, right? And let him work in, in us to willing to do his good pleasure. Be confident in this very thing that he that's begun a good work will perform in Philippians 
1, 6, right? John 15, 5, apart from him, we can do nothing, right? So we have, to, we have to make sure we keep ourselves harmonized. So the whole sin thing is separating us from God, separating our hearts from God's heart. And we're going to flow different. And that's why we're challenged. So this, this time of, uh, of getting away from our, our regularly scheduled broadcasts that we have in our lives is an opportunity for us to, to reset, for us to replenish, for us to restore. But if you just are, think it's just an opportunity to binge watch, you've lost the whole idea of how God is going to work this out for good. You know, if you just thought this was another time to just sit around and do nothing. See, remember, you remember you were going through a struggle and you, God caught your attention and you were like, Lord, I'm just going to give you time. But then as you were trying to give him time, you said, well, man, I just don't have enough time because I got to do this, got to run and do that, got to run and do that. Well, now you have the time. You can give your heart. You can sow heart seeds of time with God. You can, you can, from those heart seeds of time, you'll be able to give your gifts and your talents to, to, to minister to people, to impact lives, to, to, to come up with, to hear God, what God's plan for you, Right? And you'll be able to give your treasures. So, so again, but it starts with just sowing a heart seed with God. Because as a man purpose in his heart, he gives. God loves a cheerful giver because it's from the heart. It's not out of necessity, not out of begrudgingly, or as we say in our church, not out of enticement. All right? So that's our message for today. Uh, heart seeds, we'll, we'll, we'll kick back in. We have a, a, a lot more. Um, on this particular topic that we'll talk about next week.